Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. Today we're doing the light of the Word. The light of the Word is our focus. For a lot of us, we hear the light of the Word, and I have a feeling that one particular verse, whether we know a lot of scripture or we know a couple of verses, that there's one particular one that comes to our head when you hear about the word being the light. Is there a particular verse? Which, Thy word is the lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. And we sing this. Anybody remember mm -hmm. the beautiful, beautiful worship song we used to sing back in the 80s? and the 90s at summer camps and college. That's my experience from that song. Hold that verse, Psalm 119.105. Hold that verse. We are not going to read it today. We've already quoted it today. And I pray that the Lord will wash it brand new through us today. We're going to be in a very, very close-knit passage in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23. That's going to be our main verse today. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23 is where we're going to start. So while we open up Bibles and before we pray. So that's what I was going to say as we opened up. Nope, thank you for pointing that out. And for those of us that have the study guide, not everybody uses the study guide, and that's totally okay and right and perfect. But for those of us that use the study guide, you'll see the very first passage listed in there says Psalm 6:23. That is so a lie. <laughs> She's like, I'm looking and looking. Psalm 23 does not exist. Psalm 623 does not exist. It's a very short psalm. There's not 23 verses. What that should say, and I pray that you will correct, correct your paper, it should say Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. That is completely my fault, and I truly apologize from, from my heart that the wrong passage is in there. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. You can search scripture all you want for Psalm 23, though, because you'll win. You'll find more passages, and then you'll forget that you were looking for Psalm 623, and you'll be where God wants you to be. So it's a win either way. But for now, we're going to do Proverbs chapter 6, uh, verse 23. Let's, um, let's open in prayer. Father God, your word is so bright. It's so real. It's so light. It's easy. And it's so difficult. It's freeing. And it gives us so many good boundaries. You teach us how to love. And we read Psalms on how to hate. It's fascinating what we learn from Scripture, the dynamics that we learn from Scripture, the contrast that we learn from Scripture. Father God, my prayer today is that we will take it so personally that when we open up this book, we allow it to meet us where we are individually. Lord, it's amazing to me that we can all sit and look at the same exact verse in the same exact context, not twist it or not take it out of place, but that the Holy Spirit can use it in such diverse ways in every single one of us because you know us so personally. Help us to be girls that hear. Open up our ears, Father God. We are listening. Our ears are wide open. 
Our heart is open. Our eyes are longing to see you today. I pray that you'll show your face, your light in us through scripture today. I pray that you'll be with my words. I pray that you'll silence anything silly that I want to say and that we focus fully on the abundance of the word of God. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 6. I am a mother of a son. I have a 16-year-old boy. So reading Proverbs with a boy is fascinating. When I was in junior high, my teacher, his name was Tom Cameron. This man was my um, junior high Sunday school teacher. He was amazing. I was just talking to a girlfriend about him the other day, and I don't remember one Sunday school lesson he taught. I don't. I was with him all in junior high, right? Don't remember. Is that what it was? I was in junior high. There's no listening skills there. That's, there's so much truth probably to that. However, one thing this man did teach me was how to lead somebody to the Lord. And it's not because he taught me in the Sunday school classroom at our church in Las Vegas. It's because he would pick me up and take me to the hospital where he was a chaplain. And I would go into the chaplain's office with him and he'd pick up the papers for the night of who needed prayer, who was requesting a chaplain. And he was always, when I was with him, I don't know if this was normal for him, but whenever I was with him, we would um, focus on the children's section of the hospital. And Tom Cameron would take me and I would sit there and listen to him pray with kids. And I would listen to him lead kids to the Lord. And then one particular day when I was in junior high, I'm at the hospital, we're doing what we do. And there was a little girl who did not know Jesus as her savior. And he stepped away from the bed and moved me toward the bed. I got to lead a little girl to the Lord as a little girl. This is what Tom Cameron taught me. Another thing he taught me was don't ever stop reading the book of Proverbs. He is the one who taught me. We can, most of us can say, I learned once upon a time there's enough Proverbs for one a day. I learned that truth from, from Mr. Cameron. He's the one who taught me this in junior high. I've listened. I have not quit reading Proverbs. Do I read it every day? Seasons come and go, right? Sometimes you have a newborn and you're like, by the grace of God, I held my Bible today. <laughs> there are seasons that come and go. Sometimes you sleep for a year, you know? Sometimes things happen, but on the most part, since my junior high life, my Proverbs have been my Proverbs. And then God gave me a boy. So here's me reading them through the eyes of a girl, right? And then when my son was 10, starting his sixth grade career, we're in the backyard and we start reading Proverbs one together. That was great. And then we read Proverbs two together. That was great. Then we got to Proverbs six and I'm like, okay, we're having these conversations. Proverbs 6 is pretty forward. Proverbs 7 is very forward. You have a boy and you need to teach your boy how to live a pure mind. Read Proverbs 6 and 7 with him. Let God lead that conversation. You're like, I don't know how to talk about this. You don't have to. Bible. He makes it so easy. So we had a lot of conversations. That first summer, I don't think we made it past the whole book of Proverbs. We sat and talked as he had questions through Proverbs. I don't know if my son is continuing in Proverbs as often as I was glued to it as a teenager, but there's evidence of Proverbs in my son's life. 
I'm so thankful for a person who taught me something that I was able to teach my son. Isn't that beautiful? Don't stop giving your advice. Not all advice needs to be given at all times. <laughs> but sometimes God will say, teach this person something. That's when you give your advice. Girls, you have a lot of advice in your heads. Share it. Share it. Share it. I need counsel. Everybody needs counsel, and God has given you guys wisdom. Share your wisdom. Teach others also. That's 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. You want an excuse to teach people things? Pull out 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. But that's what I'm called to do. Just do it according to the Lord's plan, not yours. So Proverbs 6.23. We are going to hear the words of a father that are being spoken to a son. The second half of Proverbs 6 is all about son don't follow that woman. That's what this passage is all about. We're not going to dig into that portion because woman, end of sentence, we're not boys hearing the advice of a man, the advice of a father on how to avoid the adulterous woman. We'll use the Bible word. This is for sons to avoid that type of a woman. As a woman, maybe we need to take this as advice to not be that woman. Maybe that's how we can perceive this passage as a woman. Okay. So I don't want my boy to follow this woman. Maybe I ought to live my life as an example of what he needs to fall in love with. The opposite of the adulterous mentality. Wife, maybe you are trying to figure out how to get your husband to not look away. And it's not all on us. It's not our responsibility. A man is a man. He's got to own up his own thing. But at the same time, we can use Proverbs 6 and Proverbs 7 as advice on how to lure our husbands home. It's kind of an upside down teaching of Proverbs 6 and Proverbs 7. Adulterous women are good at luring husbands, aren't they? They're good at luring husbands. And I apologize to any heartbreak that that sentence brings fall in love, fall in love with God and fall in love with your husband. Like, but you don't know who he is. God does fall in love, lure him home. I don't know how make this passage sweet and be attractive to him. Bring him home. Again, it's not your responsibility, but if you are in and you want to win the game that's sitting before you and you're ready to fight for your marriage, it's good advice for you when you're in that season. Does that make sense? It's not the right time for all of us. Flirt. It's okay to flirt. Bring them home. For today's study, we're going to focus on Proverbs 6, and we're going to start with verse 20, and we're going to look at four verses. Our focus today is on the word, the light. Here, here's what the scripture says. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Verse 23 says, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And then he goes on. 
into what we were discussing, specific teaching for his son regarding the woman. For you and I today, for us as women inseparable, my prayer is that we'll focus on the 21, 22, and 23. We have the word of God and I get to speak. This is what I'd love. Um, I don't know if I can call it what I do a job because you know, when you love something so much, it's like I get to sit with girlfriends and read scripture. This is what I get to do. We get to sit together and we get to read scripture. And I get to do this with women that want to read scripture. That's my audience. So whenever you're training to speak or to write, you're always asked, one of the first questions you're asked is, who's your audience? Visualize your audience. And I'm like, my audience is woman who loves to read scripture. That literally is my audience. This is who God has called me to teach. I love my job. I absolutely love my job. How easy it is to show up in a room of women that are eager to open up the word of God. This is, this is what we do together. Why? That's the question. The question is why and the question is how. And those are the two questions I want you girls, I ask you girls to answer. I've been sitting on these two questions for a while. I've been looking a lot at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, there's 176 verses. There's 22 different Psalms or stanzas within Psalm 119. There's 22, so you can break it up and almost turn that into a monthly read. You know, like Proverbs. If you skip a day, you're okay. It's only 22. You'll get them fit in. But scripture says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We know this verse, but how do we do that? We know it in our head. How do we do that? How do we use this as a literal flashlight? Because that's what it's saying. You have a lamp where I'm going to pull the string. I always picture a pull string. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. And I don't know if I have a pull string in my house. <laughs> but in our visual, we pull the string and our light comes on. That lamp, there's a physical action to turn that lamp on. For a light to light up a path, there's a physical action to get that on. That's your flashlight, right? How do we individually make that happen? How do we do that? We know how to set up a prayer closet, right? We know how to set up our Bible time with God. How do we get that to go forward? You ever wonder that? It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, I had such a good time with God this morning. And now this, it's called life day by day, moment by moment. How do we connect that? How do we actually make thy word a lamp into my feet? How do we do that? Last week, we talked about how we need to be careful with the light in our eye and that we need to take responsibility for it. It's a big concept. You, we, we have to take responsibility. It's the same exact thing here. If we want the lamp to light up our feet and we want the light to light up our path, we have to answer the question, how? Not how does scripture do it? Because scripture makes that very clear. The question is how do you do it? That's my question for me. How do I do it? How does that work for me? How does that work for you? Your second question to ask is why? Why do I want this to happen? Some of us know this passage. We know God's word is a lamp into our feet. We know it, we know it, we know it, we know it, we know it. We don't have a why as to why we want it. And that's when it becomes easy to read our Bible in the morning 
and check off or, you know, do our little mark on our Bible app and close our Bible and go on with our day and wonder why, why isn't my life this way the same as my life in my chair with my Bible? Why is that different? The question sits with your why. Question sits with your why. Why do you want the Bible to be a lamp to your feet? That's a big open question. And I'll tell you right now, there's not a cheat answer. There is not one answer that all of us could answer. Every one of us, I have a feeling if we passed our paper around and we wrote, why do I want the word of God to be the lamp to my feet? We would have multiple answers. You know why? We all live such different lives. Our days are different. In fact, I could answer this question I have. I've been sitting with this question for a while now. Every day of the week, my answer is different. Throughout my day on a Tuesday and throughout my day on a Friday, my answer's different. There isn't one answer. There might be a blanket statement, but then it's, you know, Saturday afternoon. The reason you want that lamp to be bright, making your feet bright on a Saturday is going to be different than on Monday. It's going to be different because Monday and Saturday are two totally different days. I love Mondays. I truly love Mondays. I'm that one dork that loves Mondays. Everything's new and new list. Let's cross this stuff off. What's your why? Why do you want the word of God to be your lamp? That's where you start. To the point that this study today could be over because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you and the Holy Spirit will work on this together. It's all up to you. You're like, but I want an answer. I want direction. I want to be told. Just tell me. <laughs> Say those words to Jesus on your face. Say, God, I know that your word is a lamp into my feet. I know that my head knows that I know this scripture. And if I don't know the scripture, God, I want to memorize this scripture. But I need to know why, why do I want, why do I, do I need, why do I, how do I say this, God? I want your lamp. I want your lamp to make my feet bright. And here's why. Here's why. Some of us know that answer right now. Will you write that down? That way, if you write it down, you're owning it, you're claiming it, you're declaring it, and Satan has no place there. Some of us don't know. And when you do know, write it down. Get an expo marker. We talked about that a long time ago. Get your expo marker. Write it on your mirror. But then my people will know, okay? Hide your mirror in your closet. <laughs> and then write it on that mirror. Write it down so that you remind yourself. Put it on a paper so it's a bookmark. This is what's beautiful about the Word of God. Figure out your why. Let's finish that thought. Then we need to apply this. We need to apply your why to where you are in Scripture now. Where you are in Scripture now. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm reading the Bible, but it's as dry as a bone? I'm reading the Bible, but then I got to this book, and Lord have mercy. Have you ever heard phrases like this? Have you ever said phrases like this? Daniel was going great, and now I'm so confused. Have you ever gotten to the second half of Daniel? It's a different book than the first half of Daniel. 
first half of Daniel, you're sitting in a Sunday school class and you're like, this is awesome, bring in this flannel graph, I love this. The second half of Daniel, totally confusing. Like, I did not go to enough college for this. You get to Ezra. I just finished Ezra this morning. And you read Ezra and the letters that are recorded in Ezra are dynamic. And then there's chapters of names. And you're like, can I just reread that letter? Because I don't know how to pronounce these names. And I just made a grocery list while reading these names. Have you ever gotten to Bible passages that are so um, either hard, over your head, or may I say pointless in our perception? What's your reason for reading that? It's at that point you ask that question all over again. What's my why? This is where I am in my scripture. And I want the word of God to be a lamp to my feet. And I want the word of God to be a light to my path. But I'm reading Deuteronomy. What's my why? And for some of us, we could say my why is because I'm steadfast in the word of God. And I'm reading through the word of God. And this is me and God together. And we're doing this together. It doesn't matter what season. It doesn't matter what trial. It doesn't matter what word. It doesn't matter what's sitting before me, behind me, or around me. God and I are in this. And that's my why. Oh, sweet friend, don't stop reading through the word of God. Hold on to that and don't listen to this. Those of you that need to listen to this, listen to this. There are some of us that are determined to read through the word of God. We're determined to go Genesis to Revelation in order on our check mark. That's what we want to do. But life has hit. And perhaps you need to not do what you want to do to make it through the word of God. And maybe you need a lamp into your feet. And you sit there with Second Chronicles, or you sit there with Zechariah, or you sit there with Ezekiel, or you sit there with Isaiah, and you say, I remember liking this last time I read this, but right now I'm getting no light from this. Right now, I don't feel like I'm spending time with God. I'm just trying to make it through my Bible reading. What's your why? What's your why at that point? I'm reading my Bible. It's Monday morning. Got to read my Bible. Is that a strong enough why? How are you going to get that to carry you through your day? Sometimes we need to read the word of God that's going to be the lamp to our feet in the season that God needs it to be a lamp into our feet. Does that make sense? And we tell God, but God, I have to read Jeremiah 31 through 39 today, don't you know? <laughs> and God says, I need you to read Psalm 119, don't you know? Okay. And you find yourself in a different book outside of what you had planned. And you conclude, oh, there it is. There's that lamp. There's that light. And you know what your day has ahead of you because your agenda is telling you what your day has. And you know you're meeting with that person or you're dealing with that situation or you have to go to that hospital or you have to do that job. You have to do whatever it is on your day. And lo and behold, you read time with God, not... Sometimes we read our Bible without God with us. Have you ever done that? In the morning, you end up reading the Bible with God. It's you and God reading scripture together. And God says, I know the day that you have before you because I created the day that you have before you. 
and I want you to read this passage. And the reason I want you to read this passage is because your day needs you to read this passage because this passage is a lamp unto your feet and this passage is a light unto your path. And now, daughter, you're ready to go. You say, well, what do I do with my checklist? You do it next year or in 10 years from now. You spend time with God every morning in scripture, I guarantee you will read it cover to cover. You might not read it from cover to cover, but you will read it as God wants you to read it. Just because we live in a generation that has an entire Bible bound cover to cover doesn't mean we have to read it cover to cover. Did you know that you used to be generations that did not have a Bible in print? What did they do? Did they live in guilt? Oh, I haven't read the Bible cover to cover. They didn't have it. It didn't exist. They had a scroll. And they didn't even have a scroll in their own home. They had what was hidden in their heart and in their head. Don't cover yourself in guilt with the word of God. Sometimes we do this. Oh, I didn't read enough. I read the wrong thing. My other person is reading a lot more than me. I'm in this reading plan with a friend and she's running circles around me and I can't keep up and now I'm behind and now I'm frustrated and I'm a bad person. We beat ourselves up with this book when God's like, don't beat yourself up with this book. Let me use this book in your life. How? How are you going to use this? Sit with me. Sit with you. Sit with me. And do what? Listen. Listen to what? And then whatever book comes to mind at that point, open that book. And you say, where do I start with this book? And maybe God will put a number on your heart. Start there. If he doesn't, start with chapter one. And pray, God, I'm here with you. Thank you for being here with me. Let's read our Bible together. This word is a lamp because you're with God. That makes sense. Don't read your Bible without God. Don't do that like, but God's always with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. God is always with us, but sometimes we forget that he's with us. Sometimes we're so busy making it through our day that we forget to live our day with God. Use this book. How? How does God want this book to be used as your lamp and your light? Ask him. Ask him and find your answers and write your answers down. And why? Why do you want it? Why do you want it? You may need to go back and say, I don't even know if I want to ask why. Maybe I'm over it. I've read it. I've tried it. I'm out. Ever been there? I'm hurt by it, God. Your word hurt me. Your truth told me something I don't want to know. I tried that verse with that person and I lost that person in my life. I tried to live according to your guidelines and look at the life I'm in. Your word, not a lamp unto my feet. Your word, it's not a light unto my path. I'm out. If that is your statement, can I first say thank you for being real? Thank you for being real. Thank you for showing up. I'm proud of you. Those are hard things to admit. And I can tell you right now, you're not alone. You're not the only one that has wondered why. Can I encourage you? Start over. Start over. 
don't even open it. Get your Bible, set it on your lap, and tell Jesus that exact sentence. Jesus, this book hurt me. Did you know Jesus can handle those words? God, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did everything I was supposed to do and say those words to God. Put your book closed on your lap and say those words to God. Perhaps if you're ready, when you're ready, open it up randomly anywhere. I opened up to Proverbs 18. Put it on the floor, get on your knees with the Bible open in front of you and yell at God. Did you know God can handle that? God, I feel like you broke me. God, your word hurt me. God, that person that was supposed to be my spiritual example just knocked me down. And I blame you. Say those words. Say those words. Your ears have to hear the words on your heart. And God's ears want to hear you say them because he loves you and he wants you to get freedom from that. You cannot get freedom until you speak truth. Let it out. Let it out and watch what God will do. Heavenly Father, Lord God, our Bibles are open before you. May I first pray for that heart that is struggling with the word of God. Not because the passages are difficult or beyond their biblical knowledge, but because they're emotionally scarred. Father God, may I pray healing upon that heart right now. Oh, Father God, I pray healing. I pray that their heart will hear your voice and that they will hear how much you love them. So much so, Father God, that you sent your only begotten son. Our Jesus, your son came and died on a cross, died for our sins, died for the sins of the world and was buried, conquering every one of those sins. And Jesus Christ, you rose, you rose again for us that we may be alive, that we may live, that we may be new. And Father God, you make all things new. Even that, even that pain, even that hurt, even that anger, even that frustration, you make all things new through the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for that friend right now that's struggling with the word of God. I pray freedom and healing. Oh, sweet Jesus, this is my prayer. For those of us, Lord God, that are eager and excited to ask our questions of how, how we can use the lamp and how we can use it to brighten up our path in front of us, I pray for answers that are so applicable and so obvious and so exciting that we can't wait to try it, to learn something new. Oh, teach us, Lord God, we're hearing. I pray that you'll give us our why. And I pray that as soon as we know our why, that we'll lay our why right back down at your feet in glory and honor and praise that you've given us the word of God. We thank you. Father God, we thank you for who you are, for what you are, for what you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you for all these things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com.
You can find more Women Inseparable Studies on various social media platforms.